0: Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. You're on the overnight crowd here with Jen Wallace. 1300 736 736 is the open line. 0433 98 11 16 is the text line. Keep shooting through your thoughts. Joining us now, our man from SENSA, Paul Bonzer. He's going to help us work our way through all sorts of cricket stories, the NBL, and it would be remiss of me not to get his memories of Rod Marsh and Shane Warne as well. Bons, thanks for coming and joining us on The Overnight Crowd once again.
1: Hey, Jen. Good to be on again. And uh, on what's a a sad day for Australia, I think everyone's reflecting on um, two great men. However, uh, let's leave that for a little bit. and, and, And... Talk about some good things, like Australia winning their first World
0: Cup game. What an incredible game. We've been treated to some absolute belters. That opening game between New Zealand and the West Indies was a cracker. And then this one, the hype of the rivalry rivalry between Australia and England, it just didn't disappoint, did it? You know, Australia, we got sent in to bat first. A little bit unknown what the wicket would do. Um, England wanted to have the benefit of batting under lights and hopefully it coming on a bit quicker. But Rachel Haynes... Just talk about big players standing up in big tournaments and what an incredible innings from Rachel Haynes.
1: 130 off 131 deliveries. She was unbelievable, unbelievable. And Australia posted three for 310, which is a pretty good score in Mm -hmm. any game of cricket. Absolutely. (laughs) um, And the Aussies were favoured, you know, after that. Uh, Lanning was good too with 86 And Mooney and Perry slogged a bit at the end as as well. Um, uh, Mooney 27 off 19 and Perry 14 off 5, which is not normally her go, but uh, just to get the score over 300, uh, it's going to be hard to chase down on any cricket ground in any game of cricket 310.
0: That Elise Perry cameo at the end, just to give that little extra momentum, I, I know it's five balls, but yeah. we probably would have said that, like we probably would have been like, oh, yeah, maybe she'll get eight off five, for example, and we'll be happy with that. But the statement she made yeah. in those five balls, uh, you know, it's it's silly to probably talk about it, but it was it was good to see them go, we're in a good position, let's just absolutely make sure we can put them really under pressure. And um, Haynes was just incredible. It's interesting to think, isn't it, Bonds, that – what a handful of years ago she was eyeing off retirement from international cricket. Uh, Her opportunity seemed to have dried up since she left Victoria um, and moved up to New South Wales. Uh, She seemed to be sort of, you know, cast aside a bit from the Australian setup. Uh, She came back in because, was it Alex Blackwell, I think, in New Zealand had a slight injury and they thought we need a level head and calm and experience to replace. So our like for like is we'll call Rachel Haynes up out of the blue. Off she goes to that tour, and she's been a integral member, and then moving up into the vice captaincy ever since. It's an amazing story from eyeing off international retirement to scoring 130 in the opening World Cup game. Just incredible turnaround.
1: Yeah, correct. And and like you said, she is just an integral part of that top order now, and you know an automatic selection. You just wouldn't not pick her. It's uh, hats off to her for turning her career around and now one of the best players in the world, without doubt, and she showed it today.
0: And it yeah, wasn't, you've got to
1: give uh, – go on. Yeah, go on, I
0: was, was going to say, it wasn't all Australia's way. It wasn't an easy victory. England actually very impressive in the chase, and Nat Sivers sort of, uh, I think, right up there with, in fact, I would say the number one all-rounder uh, in the world currently, globally, uh, just phenomenal. 109 not out off 85 delivery. She just needed a couple more people to go with her. She was incredible in the chase.
1: Yeah, she was. Um, it, it was a fantastic night. She got a couple of wickets as well
0: yeah. uh,
1: during the during the Australian innings, but she was outstanding. I love Tammy Beaumont's innings as well, just to keep the score rotating mm. uh, and to give England a chance. They needed 16 off the last over. That proved to be too much, but A really good run chase for England. They'll take a lot out of that game and and a lot of confidence as well. So I I would think that these are the two sides that play in the final, Mm -hmm. but uh, I guess we'll wait and see.
0: I know there's still so many stories to go. None of us really thought the West Indies would turn up and do what they did against New Zealand, but that just sums up West Indies to a T. They can knock over anyone on the day that they decide to play their best cricket, but... I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in this World Cup the West Indies are probably bowled out for less than 150. You know, they're just enigmas.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, they are that way. Uh, but a great start for the Aussies. And let's hope that they can go all the way and uh, bring home a nice trophy.
0: So sticking with uh women's cricket, let's look at the level underneath this Australian level, so the domestic cricket here in Australia, the WNCL. There was a couple of games over in your neck of the woods where WA took on South Australia during the week. You I know you were on board calling both of those. Both uh in the end very good victories to South Australia.
1: Yeah, they were. Look and and it was it was a really good couple of days cricket. We saw some fantastic batting, some the emergence of a couple of youngsters, uh, in particular, very impressed with a, a couple from WA. Maddie Dark, who came across from New South Wales, she batted three, and she made 49 in on the first game on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. WA was sent in to the bat. They made eight for 228. Matilda Carmichael, 75, she was outstanding. And Sammy Betts for South Australia got a five for, five for 46. And in the end, 228 probably was a little shy. It was about 30 runs shy, we thought. Mm-hmm. And that proved to be the case in the end. But they didn't have it all their own way, South Australia. 8 for 230 in reply, and they got the runs with a couple overs to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma de Bro, a youngster from South Australia, 58 on the Sunday. Um Courtney Webb, 49 But at the end, Ellie Falconer When the game was mm-hmm. sort of on the line She came out and smashed 36 off 30 deliveries And basically got the Scorpions across the line And, and then on Tuesday
0: yeah.
1: uh, South Australia batted first 7 for 296 It was a good score Emma DeBro again was good with the bat She made 93 Falling 7 runs short of her first century at that level Courtney Webb, again, was in the runs with 61. The emergence of a young left-arm for WA, Georgia Wiley. She looks very, very good. Quite an unusual action. She almost pauses. She's got a bit of a slingy, almost um, uh, Mitch Johnson mm-hmm. she was compared to at, at one point. But, it's, again, she just pauses before she slings that left-arm down, and she looked very impressive, movable both ways. So that's probably a name to um, just just keep an eye on, Georgia Wiley from WA.
0: It's always good to see another left-arm scene bowler coming through the ranks. Uh, I know we often talk about having diversity in your bowling lineup, so you've got those options. So I guess in that sense, uh, for Wiley, if she can stay fit and healthy and stay on the field, a bit the same as we always hope with Lauren Cheadle over from New South Wales, those two lefties coming through, you just want them to be fit so they become an option for higher selection.
1: Yeah, and um, in her only a second game, young South Australian Kate Peterson, uh, she got her first wickets on the Tuesday. She got three for 41 on Tuesday. And uh, again, it's the, the amount of talent that is coming through in women's cricket, I've been watching women's cricket for a few years now, and the improvement in the talent pool is just growing and growing every year. So the young girls that that are coming through already have the technique, already uh, are good in the field. We don't see, um, I guess, the mistakes that we've seen four or five years ago, maybe a bit more. They're just training better and becoming a lot better cricketers.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It shows right now when the cream of the crop is over in the World Cup, uh, we did look at these two games. These two teams in particular, blooding a lot of cricketers that haven't had a chance at this level before. Um, and to hear from someone who's sitting there watching ball by ball that you can sense that skill level on first entry is better than, say, a few years ago of first entry, that's really good news for the depth of Australian cricket and probably pretty scary for fans of other countries to know that we've got the next generation uh, in our back pocket already planned.
1: Yeah, and both these teams had not played a game of cricket for almost a year. I think That's it was- right. 343 days yeah. since they'd played. So, um, but they put on a, a great show at Caramor at Noble for two days and hats off to both teams. And SA, unlike uh, the boys, uh, getting a couple of wins.
0: <laughs> well, I was about to take you there as well. Across to the Shield, Cricket, we get the chance to stay on your beloved South Australian sides. Uh, match drawn in that rain-reduced fixture over in Queensland.
1: Yeah, they lost the first day's play because of the floods up there and and just quickly, you know, we we think about the, the people up in Queensland and also out of them in Sydney that are, are being flooded and losing, you know, houses, and it's just tragic. So, um, just our thoughts go with those people. But Queensland batted first; they declared at uh, eight for three hundred five. Uh, really good innings from Jimmy Pearson, the skipper, sixty-five off forty-five just to sort of set the game up and then declare, push the run rate and in reply. South Australia, 9 for 244, declared. Jake Lehman amongst yeah. the runs. So he's been sort of out of the side for for 12 months or so, in and out, never really held his spot. But he came back into the side with Travis Head and Alex Carey uh, over with the Australian side. And uh, 102 for Jake. So great to see him make some runs again. Then South Australia bowled Queensland out for 191. Liam Scott getting a five for the all-rounder from now South good. Australia. Yep. And so South Australia needed 252 to win the game. So it was there, mm-hmm. um, but in the end probably didn't have enough, enough time oh. to chase those runs down. The game finished in a draw. South Australia with three for 115. Jake Weatherall making runs again. So coming off 100 in the last game, he was 60 not out at the end of, of the
0: game. It's oh, good to see. I, I like the fact that Pearson on day one really tried to move the game forward. I should really say that it's officially day two, yeah. really tried to move the game forward. Yes. <laughs> um, and Queensland have been quite prolific in that, haven't they? With Usman Khawaja, um, you're coming out quite strongly in the media about the importance of attempting to play cricket that is brave enough to lead to results. And it's great to see that Queensland did that. They didn't get the result, but the weather Immediately, I was surprised they were even able to um, get cricket on. So incredible amount of work yes. to the ground staff there. They've they've been you know, absolute trojans in that wet weather.
1: Yeah, and rain stopped play also on that uh, first day, which was day two, as you said. Yeah. Um, so great hats off to both teams. They tried to get a result in the end, uh, just couldn't quite get there. And South Australia still chasing a win in the Shield. Oh. After something like uh, two years.
0: Oh, it hurts, doesn't it? It's a it? bit
1: disappointing for our South Australians, and we try not to talk about it very much, <laughs> but you feel a little bit for Jason Gillespie, but he is bringing through some youngsters, Yep, and uh, the team is developing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's still going to take a little bit of
0: time. He is hoping that legacy is, is shown through in the next couple of years and South Australia get back up to a real challenging force in shield cricket. We're talking to SENSA's Paul Bonza here on The Overnight Crowd. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to keep Bonds on the lines. When we get back, we need to get an update across the NBL. Uh, so that's coming up next on The Overnight Crowd. Stick around. We're back here on The Overnight Crowd with SENSA's Paul Bonza joining us. Uh, Paul... Great to have you. I just called you Paul. I don't think I've ever called you Paul Bonds. It's okay. No, I don't think you have. I don't
1: think you have Wall or Jennifer.
0: Should yeah. I call you Jennifer? Yeah, that's it. We've just got formal. No, I know. It's weird. Yeah, call me Wall and I'll call you Bonds. That's much more comfortable territory. Uh, Bonds, we I just so. spoke a lot to do with um, cricket in our last break. Uh, let's cast our eyes across the NBL action and your beloved Adelaide 36ers. Uh, they played recently as well
1: a great game last night, Jen. South East Melbourne Phoenix came to town at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. Mitch Creek returning to Adelaide. Much loved here. Creeky, He played a lot of basketball with the 36ers and and, uh, if it was up to the 36ers fans, he'd still be here. Uh But uh, we saw a a great first quarter of basketball. It was basically Daniel Johnson versus Mitch Creek. There was one point in the first quarter where They were just swapping three-pointers. Mitch Creek hit a three, then Daniel Johnson went down the other end and hit a three. Then the same thing happened again, and they were sort of pushing each other and laughing at each other, like, I'm better than you. No, I'm better than you. (laughs) It was great to watch. And then uh, Daniel Johnson hit another three in Mitch Creek's face, and he just shook his head laughing, you know, you're too good for me, DJ. But those two went at it all night, and uh, Daniel Johnson finished with 31 points. He was, a, he was the player of the game, probably best player on court. Mitch Creek, 29. And um, they the South East Melbourne Phoenix got across the line 83-76. They were just a bit cleaner down the stretch and probably a slightly better side, if we're being totally honest. Yeah. But uh, they led by 11 points of three-quarter time. Sixers came back and hit the front in the last quarter, which uh, the fans absolutely loved. But in the end, the South East Melbourne uh, Phoenix... Steadied and got the win and remain in second spot on the NBL ladder.
0: Yeah, so the Phoenix, they're up in number two. Uh, the 36 is in eighth, but it doesn't, you know, you look at that ladder and you would assume then that it would have been an easy win for the Phoenix, but it sounds like uh, it, there's that, that change in ladder position is actually not as, as deep as it looks.
1: No, look, on any night, any team can beat any team. Um, that's the great thing about the NBL. Um, and the Sixers have already beaten the Wildcats and Melbourne United this year. So they prove that they can match it with the best teams. But I guess consistency for the SPD ers has been an issue. And, and uh, yeah, the coach coming in late. CJ Bruton has COVID at the moment. So Jamie Perlman took the reins last night. Uh, so there's lots of, you know, lots of things happening in Adelaide. But they play the Perth Wildcats on Sunday. Mm. Um, tomorrow, that is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or today, depending. <laughs> um, yeah, so so uh, we'll go along to that, and hopefully the Sixers can bounce back and beat the Wildcats.
0: Yeah, so the Cats. Uh, what the story for them is? They managed to land back in Perth throughout this week after I think it was. 64 or 69 days on the road to keep playing and then they came home and their first game was an away game to Adelaide but then after that they get a stretch of I think it's nine games to finish the season where they get to stay at home in their own beds.
1: And wasn't some of the footage shown during the week uh, of the Wildcats finally getting home and landing at the airport and the families embracing us, it's a beautiful thing.
0: It was beautiful. It does it tears me up. All those um, heartwarming yeah. moments. Absolutely. Um, speaking of tearing up a little bit, it would be remiss of me to not um, pick your brain on both Rod Marsh and Shane Warne. Obviously, it's been a sad twenty-four to forty-eight hours in the Australian cricket family, and I know you're a passionate cricket fan yourself, a passionate cricket watcher. You must have some very fond memories of both of those players.
1: Look, I certainly do, and I'll talk about Marshy first. Mm. As a kid. Um, Rod Marsh was I, I was Dinner Philly was my hero But Marsh was a very close second yeah. And Rod Marsh had uh, Duncan Fernley bats So as a 16 year old I went out and bought a Duncan Fernley bat The next day Rod Marsh broke his Duncan Fernley And I think <laughs> we all remember that and he's just standing there holding the handle, yeah. looking at it going, what's going on here? And I thought, oh, no, what have I done? i <laughs> <laughs> have I done? But, uh, but no, um, that and that memory just comes back to me all the time. He, he was an amazing cricketer. And I think the character that, that Rod Marsh showed on many occasions, especially with the underarm delivery, we know the way he, he thought about that and went on and uh you know, lucky enough to meet him a couple of times, but just a, a fantastic human being. Um but we're speaking off of the head, before we started. Oh sorry, while before we started. <laughs> um, i the I was listening last night and when the news came through about Shane Warne, it was surreal. It was almost like I was dreaming. Um the, to have Marsh go, and then warney, who's only fifty two mm. and just seemed to be on the up and up and everything going his way and and I'm not invincible, but you just thought that you know it's now it's too early yeah it, it's too soon and for the for a man who had everything in front of him the rest of his life in front of him, uh yeah, he made some mistakes early in his life, but everything was going in the right direction, and the Amount of cricket IP and wealth of experience that, that the world of cricket has lost with these two gentlemen going is is just, you can't be replaced. No. It's, it's just unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, and extremely sad. And a lot of my cricket mates over the, over the day, we're just you know, messaging each other and I've seen a couple of them today. and yeah. It was just disbelief
0: it is it is like that still you know now with with a little bit of time that's passed it is fairly disbelieving to to think that we lost both of these um, legacy item cricketers uh, that we were blessed to have represent australia and um and then you know for rod Marsh to do what he did um passing on everything um throughout not only at the Australian Academy that got set up but then the ICC academy, his work over in England yeah. um, you know he, his legacy stands in in the players that we get to see coming through and then Shane Warne, well, you know, leg spin was probably a dying art and he turned it back into the rock star. Um, Everyone wants to be a spinner and everyone wants to be Shane Warne and understand how he ticks and how he does it and we're all the better for it.
1: And how often did you see footage of Warney with another leg spinner, regardless of where they're they're from? You know, working with Rashid Khan and, and every other spinner around the world, it didn't matter where they were from. Warnie gave his time. Yep, um, he gave his time with fans. You know, I don't think people really appreciate just how much time he gave to other people, yeah. and and when it you know it means so much just to have a few words with Shane Warne <laughs> uh, to a lot of people, and he realised that and he understood that, and it's it's a great loss.
0: Well, Bonzo, appreciate your thoughts and your memories on Shane Warne. Of course, uh, on the Overnight Crowd here, you can share your memories and some happy things. What did Shane Warne do that's made you grin? 1300 736 736 or on the, on the text line 0433 98 11 16. Share some things that uh, always put a grin on your face when it came to Shane Warne. Or if you've still got stories to share of Rod Marsh, Definitely happy to spend some time talking there as well. Bonds, thanks so much for your time on The Overnight Crowd once again, and I look forward to talking to you again next week.
1: Thanks,
0: Well, Speak soon. SEN's own Paul Bonser joining us from South Australia to keep us up to date with all things women's cricket, the NBL, and, of course, sharing some lovely memories and thoughts on both Rod Marsh and Shane Warne. You two can do the same. Share your memories on Rod Marsh and Shane Warne on 1300 736 736 and 04333. 98 11, 16 is the text line. Heaps more to come across the overnight crowd. Always time for your calls and your texts. Stay in touch. This is the overnight crowd.
1: When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.